that all of us at some point in our life, whether it was in school or at work or in some type of seminar that we were attending, whatever it might be, we've attended a lecture or a discussion of some sort, a class, and, and someone has discussed a topic at length. And then at the end of their discussion, they look around the room and they say, any questions? I've often found that's a really good time to sneak out the back door. The questions typically fall into one of three categories. The first category being it's a very specific question that only the person asking the question really cares about. Nobody else in the room really wants to know. Or... It's a question that has nothing to do with whatever the discussion was. So again, everybody else in the room doesn't really want to know the answer. Or it's a question that the speaker has absolutely no idea what the answer is. In any case, the discussion may have been really great. The question and answer time, not so much. I'm guessing most speakers don't like that part of the discussion either, mainly because of that third kind of question. They're afraid somebody's going to ask them something that they have no idea how to answer, and they're going to be wanting to slip out the back of the room. That probably was the case for the nation of Israel as they listened to the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah's prophecy was not what they wanted to hear. Their sin and their idolatry was finally catching up to them. Back in the ninth chapter, the 13th verse, the prophet says, But the people have not returned to him who struck them, nor have they sought the Lord Almighty. So the Lord will cut off from Israel both head and tail, both palm branch and reed, in a single day. The answer wasn't what they wanted to hear, but the questions weren't all that good either. This week we celebrate the beginnings of our nation, and we give thanks for the extraordinary freedoms that we have, the wonderful ways that God has blessed this nation over the years. We give thanks for the men and women who have served to protect the freedoms that that we enjoy. We give thanks to God for the blessing of living in the United States. But as wonderful a blessing as that is, we need to remember the same thing that the people of Israel needed to remember, that without God... There is no hope. Isaiah was speaking directly to the people in Israel who were in leadership positions, and his message was very direct. He told them, if you're in the lead, you need to make sure that you are leading in the correct way. So much of the problems in Israel had been created as their leaders directed them down the wrong path. Kings and priests and judges had allowed idolatry to take root across the land, which created a cascading series of problems. God's word to them through the prophet Isaiah was to see what they had done. For what it really was. The first verse of chapter 10, he says, Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. Now, all that didn't happen all at once. The false altar was allowed in one location 
an unjust rule was allowed to slip by in another. But over time, that false worship and idolatry began to appear everywhere. And over time, those unjust rules began to appear throughout the land of Israel. That false worship had led to false living. The leaders didn't lead. Instead, they used their authority to oppress those who could least afford to be oppressed. They stole from those who had the least to begin with. Their laws hurt those who were already hurting. The poor, the widows, and the orphans. That's what happens when leaders don't lead. An entire nation can go astray. It's like the rudder of a boat. I went sailing once. I could never quite get the knack of how to get the sail pointed in the right direction to make the boat go where I wanted it to go. Basically, the wind blew me out into the middle of the lake and then I dog paddled back. When I got the boat back to the shore, the guy in charge of renting the boats showed me how to do what he called packing, you know, to go back and forth in the wind. But then he also showed me how to use the rudder. The tacking part I never did understand, but the rudder amazed me. There was this little board in the back of the boat with this little handle on it that was used to steer the entire boat. And when you let go of the handle on the rudder, the the boat just went in circles, which I discovered as I was trying to dog paddle it back to the shore. According to BoatBuilding.net, the rudder is usually 1% to 2% of the size of the rest of the surface of the boat that's under the water. That's amazing. Something that's only 1% of the size can direct an entire boat or literally an entire ocean liner. It's an amazing thing. It can make it go in the direction you want it to go or it can make it go in circles. Leadership is an amazing thing. It can also be frightening. One person can lead an entire community in the wrong direction. It's why the Bible tells us in no uncertain terms to always pray for those who are in leadership positions because they need to lead in the correct direction. The wrong direction is not only a disaster for them, it can be a disaster for everyone who is following as well. But you may say, well, I'm not a leader. So this doesn't really apply to me. Well, you would be wrong. Everyone is leading somebody. You may not be the head of a corporation or be in a government official position, but in some area of your life, someone is following you. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your grandchildren. Maybe it's your neighbors. Maybe it's your friends. It may be someone you're not even aware is watching your life. But they're following you nonetheless. We've all been there. We, we look down and there's a child standing beside us. And, and we're standing there kind of with our hand on our chin. And they're standing there kind of with a hand on our chin. They, they've looked at us and, and they're, they're standing the same way that we are. Or we've heard someone say that something and, and, and we realize, hey, that's exactly what I said yesterday. They're just repeating what I 
already said. And we think, I hope I said the right thing. If you're in the lead, and you are, be sure you are leading in the correct direction. Because the questions at the end of the trail are not good. After Isaiah points out the disaster that the leaders of Israel had created, a nation that was oppressing the poor and the widowed and the orphaned, Isaiah then points to three questions that they needed to ask. They're found in verse 3. The first question, what will you do in the day of reckoning when disaster comes from afar? The second question, to whom will you run for help? And the third question, where will you leave your riches? The leaders thought they had it made. At the time of Isaiah, the nation of Israel was, from all accounts and purposes, at least from the outside, looked like it was doing pretty good. They they were in a pretty wealthy position. They'd made some alliances with some of the strong nations surrounding them that they thought would protect them from any attack. They thought they had things going pretty well. Well, there were a few idols scattered around, a false altar here and there, but didn't seem to really be bothering anybody. Those were the wrong questions. Isaiah's prophecy points out the questions they should have been asking. The first question, what will you do in the day of reckoning? It doesn't matter who's ahead in the middle of the race. What matters is who's ahead at the finish line. The leaders of Israel were judging the race by looking at the middle. So often, that's what we do. We look around us and we think, well, evil seems to be winning. The wicked seem to be the ones who are getting ahead. Maybe that's how we need to live also. We're looking at the wrong part of the race. Instead of who's in the lead now, we should be asking ourselves, Who's going to be in the lead when it's all said and done? We need to ask ourselves, what will we do on that day that we stand before the Lord? At the real finish line. Who's going to be in charge then? Who's going to be in the lead then? And there will be only one. Jesus Christ. What will we do? In the day of reckoning. Second question they should have asked, question we should ask as well. To whom will you run for help? Jesus' parable of the prodigal son illustrates this problem so vividly. The son had all the friends in the world until his money ran out. And then the only friends he had were the ones with curly tails sitting there with him eating the pig slop. When it's all said and done, who's going to be standing beside you? When it's all said and done, to whom will you turn for help? Isaiah concludes with one more question. What are you going to do with all these riches that you've collected? Israel had become a a very wealthy nation. They'd done it on the backs of the poor and the widow and the fatherless, but, but they still, they had collected quite a, a set of riches and 
Isaiah says, well, what are you going to do with that? The old saying goes, you can't take it with you. There's no U-Hauls behind hearses. No banks at the cemetery. You're going to leave it all here. So your riches better be somewhere else. It's no fun being short-sighted. Do you know why the short-sighted person fell in the well? Because he didn't see that well. You'll get that in a minute. Later at lunch, some of you will be laughing, I promise. The leaders of Israel were woefully short-sighted. They saw the riches of the moment, but they forgot this is not the end of the race. Don't make the same mistake. When you're tempted to cut corners with God's Word, to get ahead, or when it seems like the, the wicked are the only ones who, who seem to be making any headway, you think, well, that's what I need to do. Realize you're looking at the wrong part of the race. Focus on the finish line. And at the finish line, there's only one thing that matters. Only Jesus. He put it this way, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you as well. Focus on the finish line. The people following you need someone to lead them the right way. We've been challenging you each week to find that one thing, that one step that you can take to move forward in your walk with the Lord. Here's the one for this week. Before you make a decision this week, we're all going to make decisions this week. Some of them will be big decisions, some will be small decisions. But before you make a decision this week, ask yourself, if someone following me does the same thing that I'm about to do, would they glorify God? If you're leading somebody, and I assure you, you are, make sure you lead them to glorify God by everything that you do. Heavenly Father, help us to recognize that we need to ask the right questions. So often our questions are focused on Security, they're focused on wealth, they're focused on issues of the moment. God, those things are important. It's not that they don't matter. But Lord, the biggest question of life is our relationship with you. And so help us, Heavenly Father, to focus on what matters. To make sure that we're asking the right questions. Because in the end, all that really matters is you. Help us to see that, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.